Nation Psychotic Bump Schools After School Program. My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to this very special edition. We are covering the Democratic presidential debate. Debate one was last night. Debate two just went off the air, and we have an established panel on the line right now to give us their impressions for the night. So for the next hour, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be discussing politics. If this is your subject, if this is your topic, you will want to stay tuned. We have some of the best of the best on the line. We're going to get right to the guests on the line. Returning, we have the amazing California delegates, Dina Becker and Dallas Fowler. We have the inimitable Jeffrey Keller, comedian and political commentator, as well as activist educator, Mr. Kevin Boltz. And we have the amazing actress, author, writer, director, Erin Sands. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Dizzy Attic Nation. How y'all doing tonight? Pretty good. Doing marvelous. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> hey, we sound like a semi-united front. Welcome, <laughs> and thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in and watching these debates. So here's how we're going to lay it out, ladies and gentlemen. We have been watching the debates, and I want to thank them in advance for agreeing to do this. This is not necessarily convenient for all of us. Some of us are out of town. Some of us are on the road. Some of us are attending watch parties. But they have dedicated this hour for you, the listeners, to check us out on this very, very important topic. Uh, we're going to try to do this in three segments, ladies and gentlemen. First, we're going to talk about some general impressions for the night. Uh, lots to get to as far as that because there was a lot of material to go over and review. Uh, part two, we're going to try and cover the exact issue, the matchups, how the candidates kind of went after each other. And I want to spend a little time talking about the uh, quote-unquote underdogs because this is a very, very early portion of the debate season. A lot of these candidates we've seen for the past two nights will not probably be around for the entire stretch, if you know what I mean. So I want to give some shine to that. And finally, before we close out the show, I want to discuss who broke out in these two debates, who broke down, <laughs> who won the night, who won the night, and who has the best chance of beating 45. All right, so let's kick it off. Dizzy Attic Nation, y'all, welcome aboard. So, general impressions of debates one and two. Let's start with Dina Becker and then Dallas Fowler. Dina, Dallas, what did you think? Tonight, I think overall, Sanders was very strong in terms of sticking to the actual issues that are affecting us and that actually need changing. Um, at first, I was impressed with Marianne Williamson, especially since she was that the actually the she was the first person to actually call out the U.S.'s involvement in Central America and that being the reason why we're having this, this migrant issue. Um, she lost okay. her midway through, though, because then she got a little mm -hmm. little kooky. Um, 
and she had to really struggle to get in there because they weren't focused on her. Yeah, they didn't focus on her too much, so she had to really struggle to get in there. But yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You know, that's something that I noticed in on both nights is that there were very specific candidates that you could tell it was obvious that they were skipping over. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to talk about that when we talk about our underdog segment. Dallas Fowler, and then let's go over to Jeffrey Keller. Greetings. Uh, As far as tonight is concerned, I think Kamala Harris won the night. She was on fire from top to bottom. She hit her Mm. point. She was very, she gave the most definitive answers in terms of how we're going to deal with uh, immigration reform in terms of her her response to the the climate crisis and and I just Absolutely. I was very impressed with her and, and and I do agree if we are going to prosecute this president we need a prosecutor a seasoned prosecutor Come in there now. to do that work mm-hmm. now I'm saying mm-hmm. this as a as a delegate for Senator Sanders in 2016 now Bernie okay. also uh, Bernie also won, won the night as well Bernie gave okay. courage that is exemplified. He talked, I think he had the strongest answers with respect to foreign policy and with respect to our ending these wars and what the proper response should have been to the wars that we have been in. And I think that okay. showed, um, I think that exemplified, they too rep- represented to me the best ticket uh, so far. Now, who broke down was Joe Biden and Kamala. Uh, okay, yeah, we, we're we going to get to that. And I love yeah, that. absolutely. You yeah, we're we going to get to that. Yeah, but I was going to do it in segments in the show. It was like general impressions. Yeah, this is just, this is just the general impression segment tonight. Well, we're going to get to that, though. I, I didn't want to get to that yet. But, yeah, you, you make some good points. And I didn't take a poll for the uh, – yeah, I didn't take a poll for uh, where um, our uh, wonderful panelists stand tonight. But we've heard two uh, sort of in the camp for Bernie Sanders, which is totally fine. And uh, I want to definitely get your, uh, some uh, other viewpoints as well. Thank you, Dallas and Dina. Let's hear from Jeffrey Keller, Aaron Sands, and then the good brother, Kevin Boltz. Hey, what's impression, going Mr. on, Keller. bro? <clears throat> what's happening, bro? Oh, man. Uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, Bernie did his thing. Bernie is Bernie. You know, he's going to talk about single payer health care. He's going to talk about reforming you know, the pharmaceutical companies and Wall Street and all that. So that, that was his thing. Uh, so I expected that. Uh, Kamala, I mean, she's a prosecutor, so she's strong on those things. Um, I'm not really feeling her too much on the economy, but they didn't talk much about that. Um, mm. And everybody else was kind of like just there. Um, mm. um, the, you, know, um, you know, Biden, yeah. I wasn't. He's still in 1978, um, and Marianne Williamson was high, so, you know, it was <laughs> Oh, man. 1978, and we have a candidate in the clouds. Wow. That, that, that's oh, Jeffrey man. Keller all day long. <laughs> Aaron Sands and then uh, Kevin Boats. Um, well, I think the thing is with this kind of format, when you, when candidates are given only 60 seconds to answer, that right. you're not going to get, you know, a really full throttle how they feel about all of the issues. A lot of them did well, but you're never going to get something really substantive to me. Um, right. For the first night, I thought um, Elizabeth Warren won the day. I thought that she, because mm. she's the lead, she didn't she could kind of kind of hold the ball after she spoke and kind of let other people do what they were going to do. 
I appreciated that they didn't get in as many arguments on the first night. So okay. it gave candidates a chance to really talk because I don't, you know, I don't like the people interrupting each other and talking over each other, which happened right. a lot tonight. For me tonight, Pete Buttigieg won the evening. I thought oh, he was concise. I thought he was dynamic. And um, so far, my favorite candidate. Um, I enjoyed mm. Kamala Harris, although I didn't agree with her on a couple of things, especially her choice to attack Biden. Um, but mm. I um, always like Marion Williamson, but she's really more of a spiritual leader. And so okay. politics is not really her arena. And so she comes with a kind of truth that is just really not <laughs> feasible mm-hmm. for that, you know, that kind of format that Americans aren't really going to talk about. But I thought that um, they were more combative the second night, which began to be annoying a bit. And um, mm. I, I would rather, you know, people give people enough time to answer questions so the American people can hear where, you know, the candidates stand on the issue so we can make a sound decision. Yeah, absolutely. Good points. Mr. Kevin Boats. How you doing this evening, sir? Oh, man. Welcome aboard. Thanks for being here. What were your thoughts on these two debates? Um, I thought it was a lot of, I call it first date behavior. Like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I kind of believe in. There's a bunch of topics that we're probably going to either decide to see each other again or not, but we'll get into the deeper stuff later. Um, right. Yesterday, I thought Castro did pretty well. I thought Warren was the most established and did the best. Uh, today, I thought Bernie took it. The one thing I really appreciate about Bernie and it really uh, goes with what the Supreme Court did today in the gerrymandering decision, is he said that it's going to take mm-hmm. people standing up and demanding change, and that's true. We are not going to vote our way out of climate change or fixing the system because it's so entrenched with a federal judge appointees by Donald Trump at this point. So we have to right. work in measures inside and outside the electorate to fix it, or else it's not going to get fixed. Mm, interesting. Well, I want to swing back a little bit and talk about the, the, the quote-unquote front-runners. Some say Elizabeth Warren had the better draw, given that she was the only candidate in double figures last night, and so she was actually competing in a field last night that was not as close to the, the top tier as she was. As Aaron was alluding to, there was definitely a lot of more crosstalk, I would say, and that was due, I think, heavily to the fact that uh, Sanders and Biden was – you know, sort of set up to be the premier matchup. So I want to toss it to y'all on um, how do you think they held up under scrutiny when they spoke about, for example, immigration and what's happening at the border? Um, Any thoughts on how Biden, Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren did? I'm talking about the front runners because, you know, we got 20 people to cover. We can't cover everything tonight. But just the front runners, Biden, Warren, Sanders, and we get the uh, Buttigieg in there as well. We can even throw Beto O'Rourke to, to some throw, degree. You need to throw Kamala I think that, in there. So, sorry. Kamala is totally ahead of Buttigieg. Come Buttigieg on, Buttigieg can't get his own city right. Buttigieg needs to sit down. <laughs> Buttigieg needs to sit out? What, what do you mean, Mr. Boltz? He can't get his own city right. He got He's like Daryl Steinberg. You know, he's like, if you can't, like, there's no city that's quote-unquote right, but if you got sisters and angry moms yelling at you at city council meetings and you look dumb on TV, if you can't, hit, like, fix that and solve it, like, don't run for president. 
That was a rough weekend for him. You saw that, huh? This is a bad that was a very, very rough night. But how do you think? I, mean, uh, I agree those with people you, but how, He had a rough weekend, but I think that he answered it with integrity and humility. And yeah. I was really impressed by that. I thought Biden mm. had a really bad showing tonight. Um, what he's way? been the standout front runner, and he at times almost seemed feeble. And I kind of hated that because I've always been a Joe fan. And mm. he seemed to not be as assertive. And his answers weren't as succinct as, say, a Kamala or um, or even Pete or even right. uh, Bernie. And I'm like uh, hashtag never Bernie. Oh but, wow! Uh, okay. I thought that um, I thought that you said the front runners. I thought Kamala really gave her, you know, understood what she was standing for and what she her vision for the country. The same with Sanders, although you know it's pretty much the same since 2016. And I thought that Beto was a letdown. He looked like mm. he would be slaughtered by Trump. And that's really hard to say because Trump has such a horrible record. But mm. he just looked like a lamb on on uh, stage with the rest of the candidates last oh, night. Very interesting. Before I pivot, because I want to get some feedback on what you said about uh, the, uh, some of the candidates, but in what way was Biden feeble? Uh, if I heard the verb correctly or the adjective correctly, uh, in what area did Biden specifically let you down in? Me? Yeah. Um, I just thought his answers weren't succinct. It seemed like there was at one point he was in, and that's the thing with this medium is television. So mm-hmm. we're also looking at your physicalities, whereas you saw a Pete Buttigieg just kind of stand there and and answer the questions without kind of slowly raising his hand. He didn't seem timid or afraid, whereas mm-hmm. Biden at, at times seemed timid, a little afraid. Or Biden's always been somebody who kind of minces his words. You don't like a, yeah. almost like a little bit of a stutter or he's right. thinking it before it kind of comes out. And so that right. kind of came across a lot tonight. So right. for him to be the front runner, I think that he just had a weak showing tonight. And I'd be interested mm. to see how it affects his poll numbers. Interesting. If, he was if very uh, really he was, seriously, well, you know, paying attention this early on. Well, that's true, too. I thought he was very deferential with the time limits constraints compared to the others. Uh, Dallas Fowler, Jeffrey Keller, and then Dina Becker. Well, I just want to offer this about uh, Mayor Pete. Um, I'm sorry. Your story with African Americans locally is your story with African Americans nationally. There was a mother, Uh-oh. an African American mother, whose son was lynched in South Bend. She asked him for help. He would not help her with the investigation mm. of who killed her son. And, and then you have this shooting of this other individual, which he is right. He has to maintain neutrality until the proper investigation is done. But his response to that black, those black women in that community this weekend was unacceptable. And they asked him, are you asking yeah, exactly. you're looking for us to vote for you for president? And he said, I'm not asking for your vote. I'm not so asking for me, your vote. Yeah. He, I, he is not in, in consideration for president. He is not ready for prime time. And that's my, those are my comments about Buttigieg. But I didn't get to talk about uh, last night. And I definitely think Senator, um, Senator Warren uh, was fantastic. And it was, uh, she was the front runner of that group, of that pack. But I mm-hmm. also thought Julian Castro uh, uh, made a good standing yeah. and 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 yeah. came in and, and 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 had a very good showing. Um, there there was also another person tonight that I thought had a good message, which was pass the torch, Congressman Eric Swalwell here from California. <laughs> and I thought that man, was he was something to be said about that. <laughs> I thought that was really cool to to hear that. Uh, Going at Steve Joe. Right, Robert. We're not going to see a lot of yes. from these, the rest of these folks, but um, uh, a way to go to him. And, and Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, she also added 
uh, offered a lot of uh, she came to information life. and insight. She came to life. I think I she's agree. definitely um, a cabinet member, if nothing else, cabinet worthy. Um, and I mm-hmm. thought that was uh, it was good to see something from her as well. Absolutely, Jeffrey Keller, Dina Becker. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Keller and then Dina Becker. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I really love. Uh, Julian Castro, I mean, I thought he uh, came from nowhere yesterday, stood his ground, uh, made his point, uh, and broke down what his policy was. And that's one thing I was really looking for was who was really going to, you know, talk about policy. And and I love that about him yesterday. Um, Mm -hmm. That'll nah. Um, Just nah. Just nah. nah. (laughs) Well, this is the thing. You wish wish they would fact check. You know, like when Cory Booker is talking about uh, pharma and getting rid of those big, you know, uh, pharmaceutical companies. But yet he took like four hundred thousand dollars from pharmaceutical right. companies. So how, how mm. you know they need to fact check these people while they're talking? It, it, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. You know, Bernie, Bernie. I mean, he he, he says the same. Uh, Kamala, I thought she did a great job tonight. Um, yes. Also, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm Ludacris lost me over the weekend. Um, you know, with the black moms. I was joking yeah, with that. And, 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 and uh, I yeah. felt like with Biden, I felt like there were times with Biden that he didn't want to be there. Like, mm. you know, he would start, you know, some of his answers was like, at the beginning was like, why am I here? I don't need this. Especially mm-hmm. when they kind of attacked him. He was kind of like, I don't need mm. this. Um, but he, you could tell he's yeah. very experienced. You can tell, you know, he, he's done a lot in his career. Um but right. I just don't know if his time is, has passed. Um, yeah. But I, I love Pass Pamela. Pass the torch. She was hilarious. <laughs> she was hilarious. Yeah. She said, God. Yeah, man. She said, I will call up and say, hey, girlfriend. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, man. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the thing about right Biden, now. yeah, I know, I know. Dina, I'm coming to you in a second, but the thing about Biden and the position that he's in, it's, coronations are very difficult. He's like... The, the, the next one, the heir apparent, and that's always a hard pair of shoes to fill. And I agree with you. At, at times, he didn't really look like he wanted to compete if I just give it to me already, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dina Becker. Okay. Uh, last night, I definitely thought Elizabeth Warren took the night, um, mainly mm. because she did stay focused on the, the issues that are most important. Um, I was actually really impressed with Castro. He yes. was he was on his game last night, and I, 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 he yes, stood he out. He really did. Um, you know, John Delaney, he needs to just drop out now because he spent <laughs> probably fifty percent wow. of the debate basically, you know, dealing with semantics with the difference between universal health care and Medicare for all and saying that he supports one and doesn't the other when they're actually the same thing, you know, he, he was mm-hmm. just really confused. Um, yeah. Booker, he, he really, he was very well-spoken, as he always is. Um, yes. He stayed on point pretty much most of the time, but I just don't think it's his time yet. I hear and you. I, I think hear you. he does have to... Uh, you know, he has to he has to heal from his ties to Big Pharma, and he hasn't done right. that yet. Mm, um, interesting. Oh. And, Wa- and Wall Street. 
Exactly. Um, Beto, yeah, I thought he he just, he needs to drop out as well. Um, His 15 minutes of fame are up. He's not in to this whole thing, and he needs to just sneak right on back out. Um, I actually like Clover Sharp, and I got to meet her at the gym convention and and actually talked to her um, several times. And she, you know, she, she has a lot of good points, but... Again, she's not ready. Um, Tulsi, if she were uh-huh. a man, a lot of America mm. would be behind her, simply because she Uh-oh. is a war veteran. But because she is Ooh. a woman, she is she actually she actually opened up the window last night to give us a very clear view of where America stands when it comes to a woman leading. And a lot right. of people weren't paying attention and picked that mm-hmm. up, but. I think mm-hmm. that her treatment last night should show everyone exactly who doesn't stand a chance right now. And as Ooh. much as I do like some of the women candidates, I do like Kamala. I do like her. Okay. But well, a lot of Americans will not be ready that. for her as a president. Yeah. And well, tonight, uh, um, you know, I love Swalwell and all of his zingers. He had me cracking up last night. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to take a break, Aaron. Yeah, we're going to give you a chance to talk about Smallwell. So uh sounds like uh, Elizabeth Warren did well last night. She didn't uh, do anything to, to blow her stance. Uh, Biden was a little shaky tonight. Beto needs to sit down. Uh, that's the consensus that I get from this call. Uh, Julian Castro emerged last night. And it sounds like uh, we're excited about Kamala Harris. And there's uh, some contention for Sanders as well as Pete Buttigieg. Um, I'm yeah, happy to hear Dina mentioning uh, these other candidates. Uh, we'll tell you what, let, we're, we're going to continue this. We're going to take a real short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about some of these uh, women candidates. Uh, we're going to talk about, quote, unquote, electability and uh, hone in a little bit more on the issues. Uh, this is Dizzy Attic Nation. We're doing post-presidential debate coverage tonight right here on KCWGTheTruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. We'll be right back with our panel after this. Cover-ups, naive, sitting ducks Presidents have run amok Presidents don't give a f- Dollar is a king again For profit over people And it's women versus men again I'm picking up my pen again Rape culture everywhere Blame the victim, they don't care But we survive, we disappear We will die, but we are here Let me make it clear Gotta get my consent I don't need to say no Cause I never said yes
guests, a little bit of Maya Jupiter jumping off tonight. This is Dizzy Attic Nation. My name is DJ Rome. We're back with our amazing panel talking about the Democratic presidential debates. Back on the line, we have Dina Becker, Dallas Fowler, our two California delegates. We have the inimitable Jeffrey Keller, the amazing Kevin Boltz, and the substantially important Miss Erin Sands. Erin Sands <laughs> wanted to make a point before we pivot to our next topic. Miss Erin Sands, you have the floor. Yes, um, unlike um, a lot of um, your esteemed guests tonight, I didn't. I was actually offended by Swalwell. I found his comments mm. very bigoted and ageist. And oh. uh, I know, you know, because I talked to a lot of baby boomers, too, that were offended by it. I think mm-hmm. that experience is something that shouldn't, that isn't a detriment and that mm-hmm. should be respected and admired. And I... Mm. Um, really didn't, you know, as long as, I don't care how old you are. I mean, when you right. look at Bernie supporters, most of his supporters are uh, between 18 and 49. It's about right. having new ideas. So Absolutely. if you have new ideas and you're open to blood coming in or, or new ideas going out there, then I don't care if you're 90. So I, mm. I found his comments really ageist. Oh. And in terms of Klobuchar, I love her. I love mm-hmm. her um, that because she's willing to say no when everybody else is saying yes. She's willing okay. to say, no, I don't think college can be free, and I don't see how we can get to that. So I appreciate her integrity, although I may not agree with where she stands on all of the issues. I really appreciate her about that. And mm. were you – can I comment on no. the women thing, or did you want to wait and kind of – Well, let me – uh, yeah, if you can hold that for a second. I okay. want to pivot to Dina because Dina has often, you know, taken me to task, for the lack of a better term, when it comes to Bernie because I know some of the – you know, complaints against him or the concerns with him, and Biden too, for that matter, is age. And Dina famously said on my other program that uh, it's not about his age. He has young ideas. Uh, did that capture it pretty well, Dina Becker? I'm sorry, what was the last thing you said? You talk about Bernie as despite his age, or forget about his age, he has young ideas. Uh, is that a pretty good characterization of Bernie Sanders' candidacy? How would you phrase that? Well, actually, you know what? I don't think Bernie has young ideas because okay. one thing we have to admit, the person who actually won the debates last night and tonight was Bernie Sanders because everyone up on that stage, the majority of the mm. people were talking about policies that he's been trying to put forth for decades. So okay. these are old ideas for him, but new ideas for everyone else. That, that's a good point. That's a fair point. I I would uh, disagree that he won last night, too, because now we have Elizabeth Warren kind of stepping into that lane and making a clear distinction between his path and capitalism when you talk about socialism versus capitalism, and she's really trying to draw that parallel between their two candidacies. But I wanted to talk about the women candidates, uh, since we're talking about Elizabeth Warren. How about Tulsi Gabbard? Uh, before the break, Dina was talking about how Tulsi was making a stand, and she had an amazing back and forth with Tim Ryan. Uh, let's talk about the ladies, uh, particularly Kamala Harris, because uh, I haven't said much about her tonight, but I was very impressed with how Kamala uh, went after Biden tonight. So uh, which of the lady candidates, uh, female candidates, uh, really stood out for you tonight? Let's start with Dallas Fowler, and then go to Kevin Boltz. Um, I mean... I had a moment, you know, early on, and I'm somebody who supported Kamala uh, here in California that I really did not necessarily see a path, a full path to the presidency for her. After tonight, I do see a path 
So Kamala would definitely stand out. And I think she actually, uh, when you look at the polls from the rest of the night across the country, I think she's going to be at the top of those polls. Um, I also mm. uh, thought that, uh, look, there weren't that many women on the stage tonight, uh, but uh, Kirsten Gillibrand uh, did uh, make a good concerted effort to un- to show and illustrate the issues within the Democratic Party uh, with respect to capitalism, and not versus socialism, but capitalism versus greed. And, and and true capitalism and the point in the demarcation in which that needs to stop and we, we get to greed and putting money over people. And and, and I thought that was really uh, important to have that from her. And I think she brings a good respect a perspective, and I hope that she hangs on just for a little while longer. Now, ultimately, I still don't see a path for Kirsten. And she's, she's great. I've met her. I've done work with her uh, as a women's commissioner here in California. But um, I mm-hmm. do think that... Um, uh, I do think that tonight, uh, for the first time, I actually do see a path for a woman to be in one of these two positions. Mm, um, nice. Yes. And now, nice. Tulsi, now, you know, go back to last night and, and what the comment okay. that Dina made about Tulsi, I thought that was a very, very good point with her record and her background. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting today, in, if any, for any conspiracy theorists, TMZ released a, a video of a mole, like this mole that they kept, kept putting on Tulsi's chin, and they felt like it was a conspiracy to make her look unattractive somehow mm. and and not uh, uh, a candidate of choice. I don't know why, but, uh, oh, wow. but I was a little more impressed with Tulsi just hearing more of her responses. I had been kind of turned off by her in the past, to right. be honest. But I did, right. uh, I did uh, think that uh, she made a number of impressive remarks, and, and I, I appreciated what she had to add as well. Well, they had to take her to task about Hezbollah and the fact that she had a very conservative upbringing, which, you know, she went to great lengths to explain that that explained her conservative stance on LGBTQ. And so uh, I, I agree. I thought she uh, acquitted herself very well in that moment. Kevin Bolton, then let's swing over to uh, Dina Becker. I'm going to hurt some feelings real quick. Again? I apologize. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I hate to be that guy. There is no such thing as real capitalism versus capitalism. The point of capitalism is to prioritize capital over people. So the reason we are where we are is we prioritize people over capital. The only thing that's going to fix right. that is socialist programs or socialist-type programs. Because it's like when you say real capitalism versus not real, who gets to draw the line at how rich Jeff Bezos gets to be? There's no really, like, it, this is the problem. We keep coming back here. 08, excuse me, late 90s, economy crashed. 08, the economy crashed, and it's about to again. So we're just getting back to the same place. Right. Which is why, actually, I do think Bernie Sanders won both nights, because four years ago, no one sounded like Bernie Sanders, and everyone talking tonight sounds exactly like it. Not exactly, but in his vein. And mm-hmm. part of it is because we've continued down the same path, and things have gotten worse. So, like, that, no, that's the first piece I want to touch on, because the only thing that's going to fix this, and it's really the difference between Warren and Sanders, is Warren wants to change things from a wealthy perspective. Sanders wants to empower the working class. And that is the difference between yeah. the two of them. Sanders, wa- uh, Sanders wants to actually give people the opportunity to enact change and be powerful or more powerful. And Warren's things are more based on it's almost a charity model. We're going to tax the rich this way and give you stuff. 
at our discretion. Mm. Fascinating. But, and then aside Thanks. from that, um, electability and female candidate. I think Elizabeth Warren is the most electable female candidate. I actually only think only her and Bernie Sanders can beat Donald Trump. Uh, I don't think Kamala Harris is going to get the progressive vote due to her past as a prosecutor. And much more recently, she didn't prosecute Steve Mnuchin when he was breaking the law as a California bank owner. He donated to her campaign as a senator, and then she voted to approve him as Donald Trump Secretary of the Treasury. That is not a good look for someone who wants to be the Democratic nominee. Okay, point taken. Jeffrey Keller and then uh, Aaron Sands. Yeah, um, you know, I like uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. I, I like what she had to say. Um, I like what she stood for, you know, uh, eliminating, you know, pharmaceutical companies and, 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 the, and the money they're making. You know, Medicare for All, type of comprehensive immigration reform, you know, fund border security, uh, you know. She, I felt like she was on point when it came to policy and things that she voted for. Uh, Kamala, I, I mean, I like Kamala. I don't know if the Midwest and the South will like Kamala, um, mm-hmm. you know, because of her what? intensity and, and the way she attacked. Really? Uh, like a prosecutor on stage up there. Well, you know, I, I don't know if the Midwest and the South, are, you know, cause, just because of the stereotypes of black women, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, I'm curious to see how the, her numbers in the South and the Midwest uh, would be uh, because of the stereotypes yeah. of black women. Um, right. You know, California, New York, I mean, I'm sure she'll kill. But, you know, how's she going to do mm-hmm. in Iowa, Nebraska, um, Michigan, uh, Alabama, South Carolina, Florida? You know, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, right. And then, of course, Warren. You know, Warren. This is, is who she is. You know, break up corporations. And you know, she kind of thinks the same thing Bernie does. They just have different ways of getting there. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm curious to see um, the numbers. Absolutely. Uh, right. Uh, that's what I really like to see. Yeah. And maybe that is the point you're making. I, I guess that's where Joe Biden was coming from when he said, hey, I spent my time as a public defender and not a prosecutor. And maybe you're yeah. right. Maybe they will find that uh, perspective a little bit more endearing compared to someone like Kamala Harris, who's uh, from the West Coast. Yes, you know I mean, what I'm saying? So that'll that's be true, interesting. But Joe Biden uh, wrote the 96 crime bill. Uh, come on he now. He literally wrote it. Right? He literally wrote it. So it's like, you know, right. people get mad at me because I compare Kamala Harris to our DA here, Emory Schubert and Sachs, because if you look at the record, they neither of them ever charged police officers with basically anything. People just love Kamala Harris because she's a woman of color and she talks, you know, she's extremely presentable. She's, you know, she's successful, but she's basically a prosecutor like all these prosecutors you want to talk bad about and dislike. But, you know, Joe Biden wrote the tool that harmed her to put a bunch of people in prison in California. Uh, I got, I got, uh, good friends who, you know, their people were the ones killed by SSPD when she uh-huh. was DA, and she didn't right. ever investigate, charge, come close to nothing. When she was AG of California, she stopped the lawsuit against the Catholic Church and the bishop. Yeah, and, and see, the thing that you're talking about, well, you know, normal people don't know. Yeah. You know, and so that's why, you know, they may vote for it because they don't know those things. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone wants to, like the lady who did the special part five is terrible. The DA we have here is terrible. 
All right. Well, Kevin, both you were in the middle of a statement when I lost you there, so I'm going to have to listen to the playback. I'm sorry I missed that. Uh, let me hear from Aaron Sands. You wanted to make a point about the female candidates. Ms. Aaron Sands. Okay. Um, in terms of Gillibrand, I felt like, for me, she came across a bit shrill. At the beginning, um, she kept interrupting to, you know, and I, and I get that there are 20 candidates on stage and you're trying to, you know, make find your space, but when Kamala spoke, she didn't need to do that as much, and so it just, for me, Gillibrand came off a bit desperate, and it's funny how that medium, because I'm seeing what she's doing, as well as hearing what she's saying, it comes across one way, but I had a friend who I was texting back and forth with who was listening to it on the radio, who who just heard what she was saying, so it didn't come across that way. So I'm interested, you know, later on when I kind of watch the news to see what, you know, people, the feedback people are getting. Uh, in terms of uh, Kamala, I love her. I think she's fiery. However, I did not um, agree with her attack of Joe Biden tonight. I guess I felt that, you know, Trump is putting kids in cages. He's flirting with war with Iran. He's accused mm -hmm. of rape. He refuses to acknowledge the innocence of the Central Park Five, and now we're attacking Joe Biden because he said he can work with anybody. I just thought it was unnecessary because, to me, she was winning, and Joe was coming across not as strong, and I didn't think it, it was needed. In mm. terms of uh, Elizabeth Warren, I think, like you think, that she's a great candidate, but this is what I learned from Hillary, and it was kind of surprising and a, a bit sad that um, – white women, and, you know, nothing against them, they don't really seem to support their own in that way. Um, we saw how they did for Hillary, and uh, I was watching an interview of, of Democratic white female baby boomers who said that they like Warren, but they weren't going to vote for her because they didn't think a woman could be president. Now, these are women who <laughs> marched for women's rights in the 60s, and they weren't going to vote for another woman because they didn't think she could be president, and I was blown away by that because oh, wow. she is one of them. And so right. I mean, we saw that, you know, with Hillary, where Trump got most of the vote when he said, came out and said all these derogative things about women. And mm. white women still overwhelmingly chose him. So right. it makes me wonder, because the black female vote, we can do so much, but we can't just in our own selves elect a candidate, or Hillary would have made it across. So because right. she had uh, black women at, I think, 92 or 96 percent. Absolutely. So, um... I'm wondering if, if if Elizabeth Warren can't get her own. You know what I mean? Ooh. I I I I I don't good know. Good point. No, it's know. a good point. It's a good point. Uh, Mr. Keller was speaking the other night about uh, how he felt Cory Booker also went after Joe Biden, and I I, I I'm a little surprised that there is as much consensus on that because uh, Jeffrey Keller, you, you felt like he he was a little over the top as well. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break, but before we go, uh, Dallas, you wanted to jump in on that. Yeah, I just want to say two quick things. Uh, first of all, Kirsten Gillibrand is by nowhere, any means, a front runner in the way that Kamala Harris is. So she would have okay. gotten ignored just much, just as much as um, was the sister on the end uh, would have gotten ignored, was ignored. The most Marianne Williamson was ignored just as much. And I and I really didn't mm -hmm. have a problem with her inserting herself. Most of these men do the same thing, and and then and then oh, and then are respected for it. So the other piece, 
is I don't think that Kamala attacked Joe Biden. She talked about his record. And, and Joe Biden is the front runner, as most of these news publications have been saying. And so it was very important for her to set a distinction in leadership between herself and him. And she didn't attack him. She told him, I don't believe you're a racist, but here's the issue with busing. And I was blessed as a young girl. I benefited from that. And we and that was 20 years after Brown versus Board of Education. And, it, and, it, and she made a very clear distinction of him supporting people who were anti-busters and him supporting anti-busing legislation at the federal level. And I think that was very important for her to set that difference. She also set the difference between her and the Obama admin and, and oh, excuse me, as Obama, Biden would say, the Obama-Biden administration mm. on, on um, uh, supporting people, on deportation. It was far beyond just whether or not mm. if you had a, uh, a violation or you had uh, committed a crime. They were deporting people more so than any other U.S. administration uh, in the yep. history of our mm -hmm. country. Three million deportations. Right. And she said right. the difference. Right. And I don't think that was an attack. I think that's what you do in debate. I think you set the tone and you set the difference between you and that person and why you are the better candidate. Okay. Aaron Sands, did you want to respond? Um, no, I disagree, but, yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Well, um, Can I jump in? I I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, real quick, Dina Becker, then Kevin Boltz. Real quick, then we're going to take a break. I absolutely agree with everything that Dallas just said regarding Harris. What Harris did one thing that a lot of the other candidates didn't do tonight or last night. She was fact-checking people in real time. Mm. And all she did with Biden was fact-check him. Because one thing that he did, and I don't know if anyone noticed this, but he has a habit of taking things that he did and things that he was responsible for and passing the buck to someone else. Like the whole issue with the busing. He blamed it on city council. But... Mm -hmm. Kamala checked mm. him on it because she told him federal government should have stepped in. Right. 100%. Right. She was correct. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Kevin Boltz. Thank uh, you, Dan. Yeah, I think it, there's nothing wrong with holding Joe Biden accountable for his record. Uh, it, it is what it is. He created the crime bill. He did a couple other things that probably weren't the best. But to speak on immigration, they used to call Obama the deporter-in-chief because he Absolutely, sure did. People. So, it, mm -hmm. you know, it's not the same, but to give them a pass, that's the thing I want to tell about immigration is where we are now, as terrible as it is, it's not as big of a leap from where we were as people think. We were already doing terrible things. We just took it one next level. Yeah. Right, but we weren't separating right. families. That's what I'm saying. We took it one next right. level, but it wasn't like ICE didn't see this, and then suddenly they created this whole thing. So all the groundwork no was there. No doubt. But we didn't separate families. That's the big difference. Absolutely. Yeah, and they didn't prosecute people for just seeking asylum, and this administration just totally flipped that switch as well. And something about what and Kamala said, uh, we, yeah, we, we're going to take a real quick break, but something that Kamala said with, with regard to busing and how Joe was saying, yo, it was, it was a federal, you know, a city council, and I think well, maybe it was Kevin. I can't remember who said earlier something about the Supreme Court today. It's like they didn't even rule on the, the gerrymandering thing uh, that yep. is a big part of why our election system is so polarized right now. 
and why our districts are so so partisan. And so anytime things are left up to the states and things aren't just federalized and say, yo, this is the law, this is the law of the land, and all y'all got to follow it, we're not going to just leave it up to the states, we're going to continue to have this problem. Anyway, this is KCWGTheTruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. This is Dizzy Attic Nation. We're talking to Kevin Bolts, Aaron Sands, Jeffrey Keller, Dallas Fowler, and Dina Becker breaking it down. We are almost out of time, y'all. I can't thank this panel enough, but we're going to take one final break, and when we come back, we're going to get right down to it. Who's got the best shot of beating 45? What are we up against? And who's the pick? We've already kind of been given the spoilers as to where people stand on this panel, but let's really, really get deep into it, all right? So this is KCWGTheTruth.com. This is Dizzy Attic Nation. We'll be right back after this. It's about to get bananas in here. Hey, look at that ape over there bathing. Banana soup, ooh, baby. Do what you want to do, KCWGTheTruth.com. This show is the Dizzy Attic Nation. My name is DJ Rome. We are back with our panel. We only have a few more minutes left. So, ladies and gentlemen on the call tonight, y'all have done a fantastic job. I cannot thank y'all enough for being here, but now I want to get down to the, the nitty and the gritty. We've been kind of alluding to it throughout the show, but now I want the best of your best. This is like the closing statement, if you will. We're going to kind of do it in a round-robin fashion. Um... Who's got the best shot? I mean, we have an administration in power right now that is absolutely bananas, pun intended. And four more years of this is going to really wreak havoc 
across our nation, not only this country, but across the world. So who has the best chance of beating 45-1, and what should the uh, political strategy be? What should be the focus, issue-driven? Do you want a fighter? Do you want someone who can rise above the fray and just stick to the issues and have message discipline, kind of like Bernie Sanders, or not? So give me your best. Uh, let's start with Miss. Let's see. Let's start with uh, Jeffrey Keller. Haha, <laughs> throw a curve. Jeffrey Keller and then Alice Fowler. Yeah, man. Um, I'm still on the fence. I don't know yet who will be able to beat uh, this guy. But I tell you what I do know. you got to be somebody that's going to be uh, on policy, on point, and not get their feathers ruffled when he starts talking about them. Um, but I would pay money to see Kamala Harris and, and, and 45 uh, do a debate, because I know at some point he'd call her out of her name, and then it would be on and cracking. Uh-oh. <laughs> you don't want to call her sister out of her name now. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know he would at some point. He couldn't take the heat. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. That's Jeffrey Keller. Uh, Dallas Fowler. Um, I think there's a couple facts that we've got to look at here. Right now, this president is polling at about 42 to 45 percent. Americans say that again, please. Can you please? Can you please? Can you please say that again? Polling at 42 (laughs) to about 45 percent. This American public wants another president. It is up to us not to box this up. And so the reality right. is most of our front runners are polling ahead of Donald Trump. Kamala Harris mm. is polling ahead of Donald Trump. She's a little, she had been a little bit within margin of error, but I'm willing to bet after tonight she is seriously in, in, in the head, in, in, a, in the lead, in a head-to-head against Donald Trump. And, um, but Bernie Sanders polls 10 points ahead of Donald Trump in every statewide poll. And he said that and he mm-hmm. made that plain tonight, and that was one of the things that I was looking for him to communicate in his, in his path to how he beat Donald Trump. And he gave the most definitive answer, which was ex- explaining that this president is a fraud in everything that he does. And I think he gave mm. the best answers. And so my winning ticket is Bernie Kamala. I don't care who's at the top or who's at the bottom, but as long as you have those two individuals right there, I think you have the courage, I think you have the policy experience, and I think you have the mm. foreign policy experience and the prosecutorial experience and the constitutional uh, experience to, uh, to get this president out of office. And so those are my two people for, wow. uh, for the win. That, that's, that's incredible. Uh, Kevin Boltz, then Aaron Sands. Then I'm going to swing over to Ms. Dina Becker. As I said earlier, I think Bernie and Warren are probably the only candidates who can beat Donald Trump, and that's because of policy. Uh, if Hillary showed us one thing, it's that a centrist corporate Democrat is not going to beat Donald Trump. And so if we run Joe Biden or much of the other field up there, it will end up, in my opinion, the same way 2016 did. Uh, Bernie had an immense amount of support from Republicans who eventually voted for Donald Trump. They were in his camp. They were willing to vote for him, or they went and voted for Gary Johnson. No other Democratic candidate, I think, has that appeal. And I don't think anyone else has policies far enough to the left that appeal to the young progressive base because they will not come out and vote just as they did in 2016 for someone they don't believe in. Mm. Mm. 
do me a favor, Mr. Kevin Boats, with all due respect, please never mention the name Gary Johnson again. That guy was awful. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but uh but I do <laughs> but you said Kevin Boats, uh something else. Uh do you think with, with the diversity on the, the debate stage tonight, do you think the Democratic Party will accept uh, a ticket with two white candidates at the top? I actually want uh if Bernie Sanders was a presidential nominee, I would uh prefer uh Nina Turner to be his vice president. Um, <laughs> or, or Good answer. Um, <laughs> no, I prefer, I don't think I mean him and Warren could probably win together. But again, like, you know, a lot of people I organize with, particularly older sisters, will tell you diversity is a distraction. Like you gotta look at who's in particular positions, not the overall picture. And in terms of candidates okay. you gotta look at what their policy is. You know, if your policy, you can be, you can intersect anywhere. And if your policy isn't to fix climate change, to redo criminal justice, to haul in the military spending, and to do the things that are needed, it doesn't really matter where you intersect. It's about what you're trying to do and accomplish. And, you know, okay. I hate to rail on the people who love him. Obama didn't really change anything systematically about our country, and he was the first black president we ever had. It, you know, it, it, it's not the end-all, be-all. That's true. He faced record-level uh, um, obstruction, but uh, you make some really good points. Aaron Sands and then Dina Becker. Thank you, Kevin Boats. Um, We won the popular vote. So, sure did. Uh, Come on now. Say that again. <laughs> just, America didn't want Trump then. And right? So the fact that he has low poll numbers now, I'm not as encouraged because – it's about the Electoral College, and there's still a path, unfortunately, for him to win. Um, yeah. I think the people who are fighting the hardest I'm, are women. I mean, the if Absolutely. I was were you you were saying do we do we think we want a fighter or somebody who's going to talk a lot about policy? I think mm -hmm. we need a fighter first because Donald Trump is not going to play fair. He's going to come out with name calling, Absolutely. and not that I think that we need to completely stoop to his level, but you're going to have to be somebody who is going to let him know you're not going to take that. And mm. so I think Elizabeth Warren can do that. I think Kamala Harris can do that. But okay. I do think, because I still feel like um, her uh, attack on Joe Biden, and for me it was an attack, was unnecessary. And I think that if we go about that as Democrats, if we start pulling each other down on the little things that America, the, that aren't really kitchen table um topics for America that um, we're going to lose again, because I don't think middle America cares about that. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know really who can beat him. I don't know. I think Elizabeth maybe has a chance, but like I said, if white women aren't willing to vote for her, then I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Who I hear you. I hear you. All right, Dina Becker, let's see if we could do it in as expeditious fashion as possible. Dina Becker. Okay. Um, as individuals, my top two choices for beating Trump would be Bernie and Warren. As a ticket, well, actually, let me backtrack. The reason why I said that is because we've ignored the top voting block in this country, and that's independent voters. And most independent yeah. voters were for Bernie last go round, but because the way our elections are set up, a lot of them couldn't vote for him because they were not registered Dem Democrats. But people have learned their lesson, and they're doing what they need to do. Mm. Now, as far as a ticket is concerned, 
I'm with Dallas. I see a Bernie Kamala ticket, and I would love to see Kamala as vice president because I want her to have more time in that office, mm. as much time in that White House as possible. Well, let me. Again, uh, we, we are out of time. Would appeal to independence. Both right. of them will uh, right. appeal to independence, and we also have to remember those 53 percent of white women that didn't vote for Hillary. A lot mm -hmm. of them still have that. kind of a, like that um, Middle America way of thinking, where they're thinking about their own best interests first, and that's where Bernie does come right. into play because a lot of the things that he's okay. saying does appeal to Republicans, Independents, and Democrats. And those who say okay. never Bernie, they're fooling themselves. Because and Woo, for okay. one reason only, everyone both nights, they're standing on Bernie's shoulders and copying mm -hmm. his platform verbatim. So, wow. I mean, if you're going to be like never Bernie, you may as well vote for Trump. Because that's what you're really supporting. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, we'll have to see how it plays out, y'all. And uh, this is very early. This is the very first debate for the 2019-2020 uh, election cycle. There's going to be one every month for the next several months. Uh, I think the next one is going to be in mid-July. We're still in the month of June, y'all. And I think it's going to be in Detroit. And so uh, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this. We probably won't do this every single time, y'all, but we wanted to do this for the first one. Uh, my name is DJ Rome. This is KCWGTheTruth.com. This is Dizzy Attic Nation. I normally host a show called Psychotic Bump School every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. I want to thank my producer, Mr. Frank Stark, the Iron Man behind the board. I want to thank Aaron Sands, Jeffrey Keller, Dina Becker, Dallas Fowler, and Kevin Boltz. We will see you. Take care. <laughs>